This is episode 72, Alpha Phase 3, Space Cowboys, Galactic Water Cooler, Friday, April 16th, 2021. Hello, hello, and welcome. I am your host, Kai Zen, and tonight I am drinking some margaritas with some Ornita Salsa Blanca tequila, and also some dragon's milk, because I am dual wielding, so yeah. All right, with me is Roy Cookson. Say hello to the beautiful people. Roy, and what are you drinking tonight? Happy Friday, everyone. Glad you're with us. Uh, tonight I'm having a glass of Old Soul, Old Vine Zinfandel, one of my favorites. It's uh, three out of nine on wine.com, three, 3.9 out of five, rather, on wine.com, and it only costs 10 bucks. All right. We've also got Tweak74. How you doing, brother? And what you drinking? Friday night, once again, we have some things to talk about this week. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm drinking coffee because, well, I'm getting old <laughs> and, and it's been a shitastic week and I need it to keep me going. I got you, brother. I got you. Sometimes you got to stay awake. <clears throat> we also have Wolf Dragon. Wolf, how you doing and what you drinking? Oh, I'm doing well on this fine Friday evening and I'm drinking Bitburger. Right on. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's get right to it. From the very beginning, let's call out the cover art on here. Did you hear something? By Toko So. Toko So made an awesome picture. He made some phenomenal art there. Our opening song is If Stevie Wonder Wrote Layla by Scary Pockets. Our closing song is going to be The Joker. And that's a shout out to all the space cowboys out there in the galaxy just getting murked. People running around on airless moons in cowboy hats for some reason because science doesn't fucking matter. All right. So we want to give a huge welcome back to Sally Morgan Moore to the elite community team. Phase three began yesterday, April, what, 15th? And uh, there's, there's a lot to pick apart there and a lot for us to get to and uh, as i said we've got a galaxy full of space cowboys all this and more so stay tuned 
If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Hell yes. Tell your friends about the show. All right. So right off the bat, we're going to start off with... It's the Dark Wheel Update. Dark Wheel Update. So uh, guess what, guys? Boys and girls, the Dark Wheel is pending expansion out of LP787-52 uh, as of around, what, Monday? Uh, this should take us to the undisclosed test site. It's redacted for LFT509. Once there, we'll have two tests. Just landing there, What does that unlock a permit or do anything? And B, once we take the system and expand from it with a shape jump to 509, what happens then? I want to give a huge shout out to the Black Sky Legion, which is BSL1 Squadron on computer. And we've got, um, I think next week we'll have some information for you on a PlayStation Squadron uh, for BSL1 starting up. And also, hopefully soon, a xbox because we want to have everything covered for bsl1 black sky legion wolf you've been doing a lot of work with the black sky legion out of uh you know out of uh well shaping the, the jump and 78752 we kept it quiet because we didn't want to deal with any opposition and i think our subterfuge work we're 3-0 and at the the uh merculous hue whatever that we landed in and and things are going well on the jump it seems like you know i don't we don't want to give out any details any information that we're not supposed to but it seems like things are going pretty well why don't you uh why don't you hop in and give some shout outs to some people and tell us you know how things are going on your end oh things are going quite well i actually just finished up uh doing my uh day before bgs stuff so I'll have my usual recon team helping me out when the tick happens so that uh, as soon as I get data, I can post orders not only to the Black Sky Legion and the Rabbit Hamster Salt Force tomorrow morning, but also an update to the standing orders for the general public. Mm. We should be done with that war to get the number two spot in 86 Mu Hercules, and we want to continue that climb to take over the system because, hey, 
we got there. Uh, it wasn't owned by anybody, so now it's going to be owned by us. Add it to the list of systems that have the dark wheel flag flying on a station. Hell yes. And let me ask you, as somebody, you've put in a lot of work on this over the last, you know, couple months. And, uh, you know, overall, over the life of this mission, you've got thousands of people that have been sort of answering the call and stepping up for the Dark Legion over the last year and doing work some just here and there periodically some religiously day to day let me ask you what do you think about lft 509 and and how do you feel about the project as a whole i think lft 509 poses uh our greatest chance of finding something interesting in the game be it a permit or whatnot uh from the information we have about the system the smart money's there. Uh, Soul was a was a neat little test, and uh, I'm glad we were able to get that done. Um, it was one hell of an effort required by everybody, uh, and thank you for contributing your your time and flight hours making that happen. Doing an expansion inside most trafficked area of the bubble, the heart of Federation space, that was unpleasant. <laughs> I am glad we're uh, moving back outwards away from all the traffic where uh, I don't have to spend so many hours just staring at a screen, looking at numbers and then shaking the magic eight ball to see Oof. what we should do. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. But it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've learned way more about this game than I thought was even a thing. And I'm still intimidated as hell that there are so many people contributing to, to this project and just waiting to see what I post up. And it's like, all right, copy that. We'll go do that. Yeah, I mean, we're getting it done. Can't ask for anything else. All right. So let me ask you a question, Wolf. With regard to the whole project, you know, uh, basically we're at a point where like, we can only do what we can do and see if Frontier responds. How do you feel with regard to like, what do you think the chances are that Frontier will do something or not do something when we land in LFT 509? Because I know with your leadership in figuring out the landing and shaping it and all of the people of the Black Sky Legion and the Rapid Hampshire Assault Force and the other workers for the Dark Wheel, we will land at our target site, which we're not going to say what it is for opposition reasons. But if we actually get there and nothing happens and it seems fairly obvious that frontier doesn't feel like engaging or doing anything with this i mean how do you feel at that like what do you think at that point is the situation what do you i think it would be a supremely big oof and a missed opportunity on their part mm. uh we have in the course of hey let's figure this out gotten a massive amount of players together to do a non-official non-sanctioned mostly non-recognized <laughs> community event uh in elite and it's it's been one hell of a ride we've been doing this for just almost a year going back to uh your original post date in uh hey. the thread on the forums yeah and that was to be clear that was back in may of 2020 when there was no cgs there was no galnet there was no anything and we were keeping people sort of going in the game and keeping things alive i would hope they do something something any something would be better than nothing 
Um, I, I would I would supremely hate to see them throw away a perfectly good opportunity to have some some finalization, meaningful engagement. You know, may, maybe it's because of what we're doing. There's some whatever policy on their end that says thou shalt not say anything about this whatsoever until they're done. Um, mm. Which okay, fine, dandy. Uh, that's completely plausible. Um, but I just hope at some point something either happens or they say something or whatnot otherwise it's gonna feel like we were just doing this for hahas which to be honest we are but we're honestly hoping to find out you know some mysteries in the game maybe we do maybe we don't we found perfectly good data for uh for lave how that didn't uh pan out to anything spectacular and also we found Shinrata. out that uh yeah, Shinrata, we found out that that's got special bgs mm -hmm. um we actually had them comment on that yep and then for soul you know uh hutton orbital uh got in there a while back and were taken out saying this wasn't for you so the question well who is it for maybe the dark wheel <laughs> we've not a hundred percent i'd say 99 percent answered the question in in that it's not for the dark wheel there's still a way that maybe it could be entered in the but future. the requirements of doing that sort of a test are so astronomically difficult and time-consuming that the answer might as well be 100% no. I get you. So we got an answer. We didn't get the answer we were looking for, but we got an answer. And we couldn't have done that without everybody's help. When you're doing a scientific test, all you can do is set it up and witness the results. You can't make it be what you want it to be you just have to see what happens and in the end either frontier will engage on this or they will ignore the work done by many like literally thousands of their commanders over the past year and we'll see it's up to them to decide all right next up we have a new segment for the show we have a moment of zen brought to you by David Braben. So here's your moment of David Braben. Check it out. Hear uh, what he had to say, the great man himself, back in the Kickstarter days. And then we'll we'll take that information and we'll look at the world that we're living in with with through that lens and see what we think. Hello. I'd like to talk a bit about procedural generation. Procedural generation is one of those techniques that I think is not used as much as it could be, um, but is really a piece of magic whereby a, a vast amount of content, of rich content, can be created um, that would otherwise take a long time to make. So an example in Elite of how procedural generation worked is the whole galaxy was laid out by the computer. In other words, it, it drew all the star systems one by one around the galaxy, placed them based on what looked like random numbers. So it would it would essentially roll a dice and say, right, okay, there's a star here, roll the dice again, there's another star here. And that process would continue until all 256 stars were in the galaxy. When I say roll the dice, it would be generating a random number. And that random number came from a, a ran, what's called a random number sequence. So although the ran, numbers look random, they would actually be the same each time. So whenever it generated the galaxy, it would generate exactly the same galaxy each time. So talking a little bit about how that's done, um, you start off with something called a seed. So here we have a seed, which is the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4. And 
then it just add those together. Now this isn't actually the sequence that was used in Elite, it was a bit more complex one, but it shows very quickly you see um, but when you add them together you get the next numbers in the sequence and so forth. Now let's imagine taking those numbers and just looking at the last two digits. So forget the upper digits, so here we see there's a sequence going forward. To the eye that looks pretty random. And actually, if you put a lot of analysis tools, mathematical analysis tools onto it, it does, it is random. It has the same properties, you even distribution and all that sort of thing. Not particularly this sequence, which was um, from a guy called Fibonacci many years ago, but other sequences have um, much better sort of characteristics. Now, so what Elite did is it, it ran these and it can run them really, really quickly for the whole galaxy. And it took a tiny fraction of a second to lay out the whole galaxy this way. And what you can do is just look in the sequence to see which ones are near you and then plot them on a map. And, and that's how it worked. Now, it also, as an extension of that, you say, OK, we've got this um, planet that's at coordinates 25, 76 or whatever. You say, what should we call it? Well, you can say, t take the same philosophy to, to choose its name. With Frontier, we took that a step further. Um, the, what happened there is whole star systems were created. As you go to increase the distance away from the star, the mass increases and then tails off until you get all the way out towards um, Pluto and the uh, distant asteroids and very, very cold bodies. Now, within that mass is distributed the momentum. And there are, there are a lot of, there's a lot of science, which I won't go into here, which is why it's distributed the way, the way it is. Interestingly, we also have, within our own solar system, a number of sub-solar systems, which have very, very similar properties. So, for example, if you look at Saturn, you look at Jupiter, uh, you'll see that, again, they have a mass distribution around them. You have Saturn with its rings, which everyone believes, including me, that they're quite transient and therefore some, some body that collapsed and formed those rings. But nevertheless, you have a mass distribution around Saturn, which has very, very similar ratios. What happened with Frontier is I made those assumptions and just saw what came out randomly, again using the same technique we've described, saw what came out randomly and whether the solar systems look realistic. Now, incredibly, they did. With Frontier, of course, it was before a single planet was discovered. So it's very exciting as we go forward, as more and more planets are discovered, um, that real life gets <laughs> seems to be getting close to that. I'm a huge fan of science fiction films. And one of the problems that I thought with, with Frontier and with the First Encounters game is the surfaces were marble hard. And I think that is a real shame when you're talking about gas giants like Saturn, like Jupiter, like Uranus, like Neptune. What I imagine would be the case, particularly with Jupiter, where you've got a very active, very colourful atmosphere, is it would, there would be towering clouds everywhere. There would be lightning strikes. The world is a very, very interesting world. And it would be beautiful to fly in amongst those clouds with spaceships. So one of the technologies we've been looking at is how do we do that? How do we generate really rich cloudscapes? So um, it's early days yet, but here is um, an example of such a piece of technology. What we're seeing here is, again, using procedural techniques, generating clouds on the fly, and you can feel yourself flying through them. We can have layers of these, we can change the colors, but imagine how great that will feel, visiting a system uh, like Jupiter. You know, it, it doesn't have to be empty, there can be other people there, the people getting gas from the system, because um, we have already already know in both Elite and Frontier you could uh, scoop fuel from the surface. Um, you know, a gas giant's actually a very good place to do it because it's not quite as hot as the sun. But also, of course, these techniques can apply to the surfaces of stars, particularly cold stars, um, like red giants. 
And so I think bringing that sort of richness to the world that um, we just haven't yet seen in games, I think is very, very exciting, what it would look like, uh, what the world would feel like to fly through. And just from a gameplay point of view, tactically, you can lurk in clouds where maybe people can't see you because there are electrical storms which make your, your scanners not work very well. You know, all of those things, I think, um, are very exciting going forwards. Now, there are plenty of more things we can do from the layouts of planet surfaces, all that sort of thing. So I, th I think the, the richness we can bring to the world with procedural generation, still as a, as a way of helping what artists can do, is very exciting. One of the issues, in fact, questions that come up a lot with procedural generation is um, just how good the results will be. And I think that what's in the back of people's minds is whether it will feel very samey. Um, now, obviously that's very possible, and it depends how you use it. Because one of the things that I've been saying with this is um, it's a way of augmenting what artists do. And if you think of the procedural generation as essentially following the steps in a recipe, what the artists are doing is providing the ingredients. And if the ingredients are varied enough, then so is the end result. So um, if you compare, for example, a national park in the US, like the Joshua Tree National Park, where you've got um, slightly weird-looking cacti, big boulders all placed around the place in what looks like a very strange way, but incredibly beautiful. Compare that with, say, a national park in the UK, where you've got mature oak trees, very, very different feel to it, different colour palette, how it works, different shape of the landscape. They could both be done by the same technique, but look completely different. And it's the content that comes from the artist that makes it feel different. That's true however it's done, whether it's layouts of planets, um, cloudscapes, what's in there. And so I think that is what provides the richness and the range. And that's what we intend to do here. So I think used carefully, used well, the results can be really good. And that's how we plan to do it. So that was David Braben, and he was talking about procedural generation and how you can use it to make a whole world that is massively in-depth and, and, and diverse and real and I don't know. That is David Braben during the Kickstarter talking about what they're going to do to make the most of things. And I put it to you, listener, Elite Dangerous Commander. Is that what you're seeing? If it is, then great. And if it's not, then let's talk about it. Specifically, how about we start with a little look at the stations in the Odyssey Alpha. Now, I should say that this is the Alpha thus far. You know, this is early days and we have to see how does this add up to, you know, what we're looking for. Now, this is a video uh, from... Sermont, C-E-R-M-E-N-T, Odyssey Alpha Phase 2 Station Comparison. You will find a link in the show notes to this video. And uh, yeah, what I'm seeing here is basically the exact same station with Instagram filters. One looks a little more bleached out. One looks a little darker. One looks a little... It's slightly different color palette changes but it's the same people in the same stations everywhere across the galaxy now from what we just saw from david braben where he was talking about using procedural generation to vary things up and to change things all throughout the galaxy 
I'm seeing Instagram filters. Maybe I'm wrong. Explain to me if you think that I'm wrong, why and how, but I'm seeing the exact same fucking bald kid sleeping on the exact same bench every station across the galaxy and i would love to hear your feedback on that members of the cast we've got uh roy first go ahead yeah so like obviously when you see this video with the slide across it's very obvious i i didn't realize how close it was having visited several of these stations i figured they were structurally similar for me the thing that it really is if any of it's slightly immersion breaking it's it's the having the exact same npcs that stand out like the sleeping guy on the bench or the uh, mission giver standing in exactly the same spot each time those seem like things that could be randomized or even just turned on and off in different stations to avoid a really intrusive kind of immersion breaking reuse problem that's that's my thought on that tweet all right and i'm gonna preface this with with saying i can only watch the streams, and i've watched all of the streams i can get my hands on Mm -hmm. I cannot play it. That being said, this is just flat out, and I'm not a coder, but this is flat out lazy to me. I've played a lot of video games through my time, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we're all gamers here. And even games 10, 15, 20 years ago had more randomization than this. FDev early on in this process promised us that we would have stations that would be similar in the way they were set up, but would have variations in them. So far, I'm not really seeing any variations. They also said that the decor of the station would be dependent upon a faction's BGS, the owner, the, 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 the faction that owns the system, so on and such forth. I, to this point, have not seen any evidence of that. Now, whether or not that feature is, is active in, at this stage of the alpha, we don't know. But if this is all that we get, when this gets released, this is gonna get stale and immersion breaking very, very quickly. And I totally agree with Roy having the NPCs the same in every station all the way across the galaxy, right down to Sleepy Pete, down to the mission givers, always standing in the same place. Sure, it makes it easy. I know exactly where to go, but it also is immersion breaking. It makes it feel fake. And if that's what we get, I almost wonder if this isn't bad for the game instead of great for the game, like I was hoping honestly would be. Yikes. That's that's big oof, big oof. Roy, you had a comment from chat? Yeah, Mr. Ron in chat brought something up that I think is fair. It's it's that, you know, they're testing a lot of complicated systems right now, and it may just be that this is not one that's slated to be shown beyond its current complexity. Sort of paraphrasing there. So maybe it's uh very you know, I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case that uh when this goes live, they're gonna be turning on turning a lot of more of the knobs so we can see more variation. Let's hope so. Hey man, if come launch, this is not the same. This is different in different stations all over the galaxy. I will be the first to give a big salute and say, okay, I was worried for nothing. But if come launch of Odyssey, we see this, oof. Next up, we've got Tweak's Console Corner. Every week, we're gonna be giving Tweak uh, an opportunity to deliver a little segment with a console player's perspective. Every content creator out there is just all about Odyssey, Odyssey, Odyssey right now. And I think it's very important that we highlight specifically the console players who don't have an, a chance to get in on this right now and let us hear their thoughts. Tweaked, rock out. As a console player, I, I would lie if I didn't say I was a little frustrated. The very little, almost nothing we've heard about working on the console port of Odyssey, and I get it, they're working on the alpha for PC right now and that's all fine and good, but they could at least let us know they're still working on it. And, and to Art's credit, I guess, 
he did say that, although he kind of slipped and said that they weren't working on it just yet. Uh, that, that being said, I have to take that with a grain of salt and just take it for what it is. If they can get this right, if they can get this alpha working right and get Odyssey released to PC and going well, then I have to hope that they'll be on track to get it to console for us and working fairly well. I share a lot of these streams and videos to my Discord, to, to OPIX Discord, and some of the people want to watch them, mm -hmm. but there's a fairly large group of people that have no interest in watching anything Odyssey because a lot of people don't believe it's coming to Xbox or PlayStation. They think that it's too much for the old consoles and they don't believe it's going to get there. They think it might get to the next generation, but they think it's going to get delayed past the fall. So they are totally ignoring it at this point in time, and I think that's bad for the game personally. I personally, of course, I love Odyssey. I love what this could become for the game. So I, I try to get everybody to understand that it is what it is and we just have to wait. We have to hope that they do us right. Mm. Uh, but the general consensus, I think, of console players is we're a little nervous at this point in time, to be totally honest. I think with good reason. So that takes us to an in-game event that is, you know, in the current game, in the live build, not everything all week has been every content creator has been alpha 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 let's not forget the life build the continuation of the adamastra this specifically was the hesperus and the treasure ships now first off as we discussed last week there's a mystery patron there's somebody in the game that is sending you missions to go uncover stuff and they've got a cool little spy nickname i'm not gonna i'm gonna try to not spoil too much but you know we talked about it last week and gave our thoughts of who we think it is now let's talk about the event in game what actually happened first off very cool event much props much love to frontier for pulling this in it was cool and it's keeping things spicy in the live game however gotta say typo in the message in the fucking beacon this has been a reoccurring theme like the last adamaster event there was a typo in the message on the thing like guys no offense but fix your shit if there's if you're putting out a live mystery for your people to play quality assurance test it if you have a typo in your fucking beacon message that shows that you were too lazy to actually look and see if it was correct that's just yikes and as down to earth in the comment section he's watching us live and is saying here on youtube there's too much brute forcing in some of these. Lately, it seems like Frontier has two modes on their mysteries. The first mode is it's solved within a half an hour. The second mode is it takes four to five days to fix because they couldn't fucking quality test their shit and they put out a mystery with a typo in it that you can't solve until they fix it and unfortunately in this particular case, the way that they went to fix it was a community manager was watching the canon discord where they said this doesn't make sense we it, it's an it gives us like bad info we think this is bugged and zach a community manager at frontier developments responded on the canon discord and said whoops we screwed up here's the correct message this will allow you to finish the the mystery okay um Here's the problem with that. You didn't fucking update your own forums. You literally went to Canon and gave them the correct answer so that they could figure it out first. Now, I want to be clear on this. I am not calling out Canon. This is not their fault. They didn't have to, but I want to credit them. 
they went and updated the official frontier forums within like i don't know whatever five minutes 10 minutes what in in under half an hour they shared the information that a community manager gave them only with the whole world to try to make it sort of fair like that was very very kind and very very egalitarian of them canon interstellar you know they deserve much love and much respect on how this entire process played out but the community managers who don't fucking bother to update their own forums like here's the proper answer number one for the love of christ seven out of the last 10 fucking events that you've done have had a typo in it that fucked it up that's embarrassing fix your shit but if you're not going to do that and you're going to continue to have typos where shit's fucked up to artificially extend what would be a two-hour event into a three or four or five-day event and make yourself look good, then for the love of Christ, fix it on your own forums and then tweet it out on the official Elite Dangerous or on the official Frontier Twitter so that the entire community has a fair shot at getting to the thing at the same time. Do not, do not, do not continue your of letting a private Discord know, oh, by the way, here's the real answer. Fuck everybody else. That's embarrassing. Please be better. Do better. You owe it to us. Do better. That's amateur hour bullshit. All right, let's start with Wolf has a comment and then Tweaked has a comment. Go. So of note recently, uh, the last uh, oof they had with respect to a misspelling was in the names of the systems with memorials. Oof. So it there there seems to like like you said there's there's a trend of uh, QA QC slippage or maybe not being done. I don't know. Um, but one, one would think that, hey, this is an in-game thing. Here's a puzzle that's got to be solved. That's going to have more visibility and more reviewers, approvers, checkers, whatever word you want to use there associated with it, than opposed to, hey, if you want to go see the memorials, here's where to go. And and too bad it's not TNC. If you're posting this shit and you're a fucking 1.6 plus billion dollar company, maybe fucking spell check your shit and post it right. Tweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with what you said, Kai, that Canon should not take any heat nor be oh, blamed for this. Dude, that this was a bad move on the... Canon were fucking angels here. They went and immediately shared the information with the whole community the way that the community managers should have known to from the start. Canon are right. fucking heroes here. Sorry, go ahead. Right. No, but I was going to say the days of doing it this way for Frontier should be over. Even if, given that the Canon was bad, but even having to put it on the forum, in my mind, is the wrong move. There are probably thousands of players that don't even ever look at the forum. There are plenty of ways that FDev could have put it in game. Put it on the launcher screen where yes. you look at your ship in the in the docking bay. It tells you where you docked last and stuff. They could put it there easily. They could send every commander in the galaxy a message in our comms panel and, and get the information out that way. Not everybody goes to these discords not everybody goes to the FDev forum and there's no excuse for them not doing it in game anymore 
Can it? I, I I don't care about the money. I don't care that it, the first ten guys out there were canon and they got the money. I didn't need the money for future events like this. Mm-hmm. They Frontier really needs to go back to the drawing board and figure out how they get this information out to us all. Again, number one, spell check your shit to get it right at first. It's a fucking mystery that everybody's playing. But on the off chance that you do have a mistake, number one, tweet it. Number two put it on the forums number three put it in an in-game mail to every commander in the galaxy and number four put it on the launcher screen and do it all at the same time so everybody has the same shot going to the the forums thing where it, it might not have the visibility that they think it does um i i didn't even have a forum account set up until i needed to be the one posting up the standing orders for turning the wheel like, Absolutely. I would go and view, like you, you can go view it anonymously. Um, but what what there was for me to see, it's like, okay, this is a lot of I wow, don't want to be involved in that. And just clicked it away and would just go watch their Twitter or whatever if I wanted to get quote unquote news. Right and on. then I found, you know, bots and I could just watch those feeds and didn't have to click anywhere. They all came to me in Discord. So Mark Mark Santhius uh in uh Twitch uh has an interesting observation it looks like and he didn't he can't quite confirm it but he thinks there was a message sent like in the comm panel i'm I'm curious if anybody else can confirm this from chat on either service but i didn't see it a a correction was sent to people that had scanned it already um that would have showed up as a comm message so it may have required you were you know in game at the time that was sent Mm. um i'm not sure if that i'm not sure when it was sent out uh or how long it persisted or if it would sort of repetitively be sent out if you went and scanned the wrong message again. So it's a little unclear. Maybe there was some uh, attempt made doing something in-game. Unclear how well the execution of it was. Okay. Now, having said all of that, and I'll be honest, I I was hot from the having it sort of like come on again with a type on your events, like more than 50% of your event, like 80 plus percent of your events have typos. Like that's embarrassing. Fix your shit. Having said that, let me say it's kind of an awesome event. There were multiple steps to it. It was interesting. Like, aside from the fact that they, number one, broke it because they can't push shit outright, and number two, gave favoritism by giving the answer to one group over everyone else. If you can get past that, it was an awesome event. And I want to give a huge shout out uh, to Remlock Industries. There is a flinch. Wow, I'm drunk. There is a French players group called Remlock Industries that are fucking awesome. They have people in there that put out good art. They have people in there that put out breakdowns on scientific stuff, including, and there's a link in the show notes to the Remlock Industries breakdown for this event. I think they were the first ones that put out a really good like a phenomenal uh breakdown to this event uh roy go ahead and throw that in the twitch chat i'm gonna throw a link to it also in the uh youtube chat so that both sides have this information um huge shout out to remlock and you know what aside from the fact that they fucked it up huge shout out to frontier it's a cool event they did good while we're shouting out Remlock Industries, I want to give a personal shout out to Gamayun, G-A-M-A-Y-U-N 26 at Twitter. 
for his amazing art. That's what we use as the official art asset for the Elite Week clips, the weekly clips where we break stuff out and share it with people. That came from this guy right here at G-A-M-A-Y-U-N 26 on Twitter, who is a member of Remlock Industries. There is this very fucking cool French group that is, I think they're a big PlayStation 4 group and they are like killing it on putting out stuff. So huge salute. And, you know, uh, I, the only thing I know is, you know, Viva La Guerre, Viva La Legionnaire, like Viva La Remlock Industries. You guys are fucking awesome so big salute to you guys great player group i always like shouting out player groups that are sort of you know very very good let's see here next up so when you locate the hesperus and you find not only the hesperus but also dredger ships this is fucking amazing and i want to give huge salute as much as i sort of shat on frontier five minutes ago for continuing to put out typos in every event that they put out i want to give them a huge salute for this dredger ships and a lot of people don't even have a clue like dredger ships what's that dredger ships were in the beta for elite dangerous like seven eight years ago whatever forever ago they were in the beta they never made it into the live game there are these huge massive mega ships that have a big sort of weird force field thing in the front of the ship and the lore is that it just sort of slowly goes through and it chews up nom 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 anything that comes in front of it it will destroy asteroids and ships and stations and anything that comes in front of it it'll just chew through it break it down to its components and it takes those and it uses it as manufacturing materials to synthesize anything that the ship needs to keep it going it's fucking amazing in the show notes for this uh, uh episode we will have the uh wiki link the fan wiki link for both the dredger ship and the dredger clans the story is that these dredger ships are these old outdated ships that were no longer sort of deemed useful by the major powers because they have frame shift drives now these were pre-frame shift drives and these dredger clans sort of bought them up imagine like an old uh like a like a very 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 old uh cruise ship that was surplus that got sold off and these weird cults and groups and clans would buy them and you've got literally you've got the fago clan which is hilarious to me because like fago is like you know the the what do you call those guys the juggalos they drink fago in detroit it's like a cheap soda but anyways there's this like cannibal clan that flies through the galaxy just fucking people up if they get to them in this particular case, the lore behind this event was that it was the Scrivener clan, which was these guys that like their job is they're making this sort of super duper um, knowledge base of like, oh, we keep all records, all knowledge, whatever. And they were going through and they have a weird emblem that looks to me very Raxla-ish, but like, yeah, super, super, super interesting. 
tweaked. I know you went out and made a special trip out there. Why don't you tell us your thoughts on sort of all of this? Yeah, yeah, that we did. Uh, me, Totes my goats, Plague Reaper, a couple Opex guys, low 200. We all made our way out there the very next morning after this information was discovered. And I got to say, at first, I was expecting it to be right in the nav panel, like the ghost ships have been, all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't. You had to search around for it. Big props to FDAV. While they may have tripped over their feet in the way the message got out, big prop for the event itself. Because as soon as you dropped into that asteroid field, you just you, you had to actually hit your brakes. You had to fly your ship because you're going to run smack dab into the Hesperus. And right from that moment on, it was cool as how the detail of the ships, the dredger was amazing looking, the, the, all the auto turrets, just the, the level of detail that FDEV puts into this kind of stuff is second to none. Mm. And it's where they really, really shine. And we stood there, we scanned everything. We got our 2 million credits or our 10 free Void Opal reward message. And honestly, I just I was tempted to fly into the dredger to to see if I thought what would happen would happen, and it gave you me die. a shortcut home. There you oh, go. He died, but it saved me the 19 jumps back to the bubble, and boom, I was there. But what a great day of fun with a bunch of commanders that some new content to sink our teeth into, which we are sorely, sorely needing at this point on consoles, at least. And it was it was just good fun all around. Props to FDEV. This is where I prove I've been drinking way too much. Uh, whenever I look at the dredger, I immediately think giant space catfish. <laughs> giant catfish that they go noodling for down south. And Well, noodling is illegal because you could drown. Yeah, because you get your arm stuck in there and it just wants to eat it and nothing comes out unless you like wrestle it to the surface. That's just Oklahoma. That's oaky noodling. Only place you see that is Oklahoma and maybe some parts of Louisiana. All right. So I know there's a lot of people in like England that are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just go to YouTube <laughs> and type in Oki, O-K-I, noodling, N-O-O-D-L, I don't know, whatever. You're going to see these weird fucking rednecks shoving their arms in holes so that a big catfish will bite their hand. And then they clamp their hand down on the catfish and they yank it out of the hole and they literally flop like a 40-pound catfish onto a boat. This is some weird fucking white trash redneck shit that you're praying to God you don't find a fucking eel because he'll just clamp down and chew or a turtle, snapper turtle. They'll just chew off one of your fingers. And that's why you get fucking weird-ass rednecks running around with eight fingers because, yeah. All right. I'm probably just confused a bunch of people, but when you... I have eight fingers. Don't we all have eight fingers? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're from Oklahoma. Okay, cool. All right. So that... I'm just going to sum up the whole thing and say, yes, as always, Frontier fucked it up in how they do it. Stop doing that, please. But the event itself was cool. If they can start not having typos in their shit, that would be great. And it would make for very, very cool events. And again, unless anyone mistake my meaning here, Canon did no wrong. Canon actually did right by the community 100%. The community managers need to figure out their fucking job and post stuff where they're supposed to. I should add real quick, Kai, sorry to interrupt, but I almost forgot. Big props to FDEV2. The system that they had us go to to pick up our reward I had never been to it before. Some other people had, some hadn't. What a beautiful system. The system is right in a nebula. It's an asteroid base you got to go to. So big props to FDEV for picking a spot 
that stands out like that. It was uh, a, a really a sight to see. Hell yes. There's more to this story coming soon. The mysterious man of science benefactor that is sending you on these missions. And the way they talked about it, I asked them on the live stream on Tuesday and they've responded like, oh, there's more coming and it's coming soon. The way that they said it, I would not be surprised if within two to three weeks we're seeing the next something here so be aware like okay this is a continuing story it's very cool so big thumbs up which takes us to a section that we like to call for news beyond the game it's frontier news streams there was a super cruise news episode 30 on tuesday which was art bruce zach paul and the return of sally morgan moore that's right they announced it via a tweet like two hours before the stream. We have a new community manager that's joining us and they'll be with us today. Tune in to see who it is. And lo and behold, it was Sally Morgan Moore. Now you might be saying, I don't know who that is. What the fuck? Sally is awesome. Sally is good people. Sally, we we love, we all know and love Sally. All of the, the old timers who have been with the game for a while. Sally was the product manager of Elite Dangerous. She had Al Hibbard's job. And then about two years ago, about a year and a half to two years ago, she left to go take a position elsewhere. She, you know, took a nice step up. She did her job well. She got a step up and she moved on to another company and she made another sort of step back just within the last week or so to frontier now sally's much beloved because she is an awesome person who for the whole time that she was playing elite would like she would tweet stuff and she was you know doing cool stuff but then also she went to go do human fall flat and work on all that and she stayed active in the elite dangerous community it, it it was obvious the things that she said and the things that she did that she still played she had a pink cobra mark three that is the pink it's called the pink wafer and you know she had her continuing adventures and just in a world where so many sort of community managers and people seem like she strikes me as just a genuinely good human being so when she announced that she was back and on the stream, the content creator community and all of the people that knew her, all of the old players sort of went nuts and they were like, Sally's back. And it was a it was a beautiful move. It was a good move. I give them Frontier, you know, huge props, big salute. Having Sally back, great thing. We'll say that now we have five community managers. We've had five community managers a few times before and every time that we had five community managers it was because one of the four older community managers was on their way out now that doesn't mean they're leaving frontier that means they're leaving you know elite dangerous the product project in the stream itself I, I found it interesting they answered like four of my questions although every time they answered it it was like oh uh i see some commander said whatever it's like okay can't say my name that's fine but you're answering my questions so that's good I asked, hey, when is phase three going to start? And they said, it's going to happen on Thursday. I asked, hey, I can't help but notice that on the uh, trailer, the video that you did for phase two, you said April 30th is the end date. And they said, it's not necessarily the end date. Don't expect that. It'll go till it's done. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's a lie. We'll see if it ends on April 30th or not. 
Um, I asked, uh, have you guys seen the punch Anaconda video where people just, you know, punched an Anaconda to death in 10 minutes? Or have you seen the, where, you know, a guy takes a pistol and takes out a Cobra? They said, yes, they had seen them both. And they don't think that that should be. And, you know, it's an alpha and things are in flux. We'll see how they end up. Um, I asked, you know, um, hey, you guys said you were going to give us a UI stream probably last Thursday. We didn't get one last Thursday. It's now Tuesday. Are we going to get one soon? And they said, yes, one will be coming soon. It didn't come on Thursday. So soon, TM. These were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of questions that were sort of gotten to. Um, now on Thursday, they did a, a stream, the Alpha Release 3 stream, the launch day stream with Twitch Drops, Bruce, Art, and Sally. And you know what Twitch Drops means, boys and girls. It means you're going to get absolutely no fucking useful communication in the actual stream itself. We had the Twitch Drops stream. In addition to that, on Thursday, they dropped the video, which was um, the Phase 3 trailer video. So... Art comes on and says, I'm going to explain everything you need to know about genetic sampling in 60 seconds. And then he proceeds to do a two minute video that does not explain anything about how to do genetic sampling. I don't, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, I, I don't want to sound like a smart ass. It's just, I, I don't know what else to say. Despite the fact that he, he's like, yeah, you, you, you kind of honk for like the plants to light up and then you collect them. Doesn't say how doesn't say about the whole thing where like you got to collect on from a plant and then collect from three other plants sort of in the area but don't collect any other plants because that'll burn your original thing and doesn't explain how the mini game works and doesn't explain just any of it so like yeah okay we're, we're gonna get to it in a little bit and we're gonna talk about it but th so that was the video that came out with the thursday stream we have uh, also on the forums, a hotfix got posted at noon today in Eastern time, uh, which would be like, what, 6, 5 p.m. UTC, which had a bunch of stuff in there that, that, that got changed around, including they nerfed the, the, the plant stuff. People yesterday were like, ah, the plant stuff is too hard. It's no good. And they nerfed it. So they increased the pay and and some other things as well. The link is in the show notes to the actual forum thread. Go read it. They do these, like, they're going to be two or three more hot fixes. So I'm not going to bother to sit there and read through all of it. Which take us to the Galnet stuff. Roy, take it away. Yeah, so let's see here. We had uh, four stories this week on April 12th. The Galactic Mysteries Dredger Clans. Of course, we've just gone through all of that. That was the... Um, the awesomely cool and slightly janky uh, mystery event continuation of the Atomaster. Um, uh, on April 13th, Federal Reactions to Communications Surveillance Program. Um, I don't know, you may have some insight into this one. It seemed like a continuation of uh, people making strongly, strongly worded letters to news organizations about how they didn't want surveillance um, increasing. Uh, but then others saying, well, you know, stations were on fire and we have to do something about it. Uh, April 15th, Archon Delane campaign to build new starports. So this is the the lore uh, background to the two CGs that have been created. And then finally, on April 16th, we've got Neo-Marlinist Seek Sanctuary at Marlinist Colonies. Um, that one sounds like it could stir up some trouble. Um, 
Any comments from the crew on any of those before we continue on to the CGs? So I, I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in the Galnet. The, the Dredger clan thing, like we talked about, awesome stuff. The federal reactions to the surveillance, that's very Patriot Act-y. I, I, I'm not for it. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> the Archon Delane building these starports. You know, obviously that's continuing on his little impromptu speech of like, yeah, I'm a despot and a tyrant just like all the rest of you. That's what government is. It's like, okay, now he's like, recognize me, build stuff for me, whatever. And it's like, okay. The last one, the Neo-Marlinists seek sanctuary at the Marlinist colonies. That one, I'm very, very interested. I guarantee you that one has to have a follow-up in a couple yeah. of days. Uh, you don't get follow-ups on the weekends generally from Frontier, but I would expect on Monday, Tuesday to get some kind of follow-up of like, hopefully... The peaceful Marlinists will tell the uh, extremist Marlinists to fuck right off. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Mm. That's all I got. Anybody else? Right. Or onto the community goals, if not. I think we're onto the community goals. So the two goals are related to Archon Delane. Um, there's one that's uh, combat related and you're protecting uh, the, the deliveries. And then there's the corresponding delivery uh, CG. So the delivery one is already at 49% done. Mm -hmm. uh, people are really jumping on that one. There's five new stars, uh, five new star ports that could get built, and there's a list of them in the article. We've got it in the show notes as well. <clears throat> the 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 combat one's just barely getting going. Looks like. Mm. So when it comes down to flying combat air patrols for a pirate warlord, that's a little weird. With regard to the delivery one, it's like, okay, that's more traditional. I want to point out something I don't think a lot of people have really thought about. When it talks about, like, if we get the rewards, we're going to put in five new spaceports. And it's like, we're going to put one in Pegasi Sector PNTC3-14 and HIP 18390 near the California Nebula. Cool, cool. And HIP 62154 near the Colsac Nebula. Okay, cool, cool. Expanding the bubble. I like it. EL Prow PCK C9 91 near Colonia. Mm, very cool. Expanding that little Colonia mini bubble. I dig it. There's HIP 10792. Boys and girls, HIP 10792 is near the Sothis system. I'm not sure how many people have thought this through. There is a sort of very lucrative money-making slash rep grind in Seos and Sothis. And having oh, yeah. systems in Seos, having stations in Seos and Sothis, Sothis uh, I'm too <laughs> drunk to fucking talk, right? No, that's a tongue twister. To go back and forth to, that is a way to make money and rep, and that is good stuff if that's what you're down for. If we put in a new station near Seos and Sothis, and God forbid it's got Empire factions in it, ooh, I think there's going to be some people pissed off when they do the math on that and find out that they're easy back and forth A to B, B to A, A to B, B to A, A to B, B to A grind has now got a C in it. A turd in the punch bowl that is going to slow shit down. I don't, I just, that's just something that occurs to me. I don't know if other people have thought of that. Right now it's A to B, B to A. I acknowledge it. All you're doing is federal stuff. If I can get missions to go to C, to and from C, and there's Imperial factions there, I can do A, B, C, A, A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C, and grind both. Tweaked. Yeah, I was going to say something along the same lines. You're right. It could totally 
put a wrench in the works per se or if it's all federal factions again i mean the best imperial grind bounces you between three systems and it goes really quick so if this turns into a third system for the fed grind it could work to its favor or like you said it could totally mess everything up it's a question mark it could be good it could be bad um we'll see all right the other thing i want to point out is uh, on the previous and I, I don't know if we mentioned this last week or not um but on the previous cg obviously we had a week where it was the mystery it was the dredger mystery but before that we had the cg with uh rail guns i think we did call it out last week but just in case we didn't frontier screwed up and sent out the railgun without the feedback cascade the feedback cascade the the experimental effect and they couldn't call it back in time so what they ended up doing was just giving out a second one so yay everybody i think we did call it last week everybody got double railgun so that's that's good oh yeah hells yeah so right now go out there and get your now story-wise this one doesn't have a strong hook for me i don't give a fuck about Arconda Lane. like you do your thing you don't whatever it's not it's not like the marlinus where i was rooting for them it's not like expanding to a new Colsat, what uh, but although I'll, I'll say this though it is sort of expanding it's expanding the bubble a little bit so that has a nice hook i'm not a fan of archon delane and this one doesn't have a special module this is just some cash doesn't have a paint job doesn't have anything fancy but i am in favor so if you're hearing the sound of my voice and you're like i don't know if i care or not i'll probably go and do some of this because I am in favor of expanding the bubble. That takes us to a little section that we like to call real life science. Real life science. We're going to run through them quick. This is just down and dirty. We'll give you the links. Go in the show notes of the YouTube video. Actually go and watch the full videos. I'm going to give you a super brief breakdown of each one. We're not going to spend time on this, but we want you to have it. Right off the bat, Astrum put out a video, a comprehensive review of the 15-year Opportunity rover mission to Mars. They had some clickbaity title for it of like, oh, the amazing thing that we found on Mars and you got to see it. Uh, fuck clickbait, man. This is the real, I gave it my own title because it's a better one. It's like an hour-long video that does an amazing job showing you the 15 years of the mission of the Opportunity Rover. It is fucking amazing. Go watch it and, and see. This is the predecessor to Perseverance. This is showing you step-by-step step where they went, what they found, all the science, all the stuff. Weird lawsuit in the middle of it where people were claiming that that NASA was hiding aliens or whatever. And it's like, no, fuck. It's, but I mean, it is, I watched the whole thing end to end. And I, at the end, I was like, I want to start over again and watch it. It's fucking beautiful. Like the yeah, real, real pretty. galaxy yeah. of science. The real science is so much better than fucking sci-fi bullshit. Go enjoy this. This is legit. Anton Petrov put out a video. China's secretive Mars mission update. What we know so far. It sh did a phenomenal job of showing what's going on with the mission to Mars Tianwen 1, which is Heavenly Questions 1. Uh, and it, I didn't even know this i didn't as much study as i've done on the whole thing i didn't know the rover that they're sending is a teeny tiny little thing that's only going to be running for like 90 days mission whatever now a lot of times they'll give you like a mission extension of like 90 days and and really it's going to work for like four or five months but 90 days is like they're safe like they can say hey we didn't fail no matter what they, they give it a very very conservative estimate but it's actually a multi 
package payload or multi-payload package where the rover is just one part of it. There's a huge, much larger part of it is the, the satellite that's going around and the stuff that they're doing. And they're super secretive of where they're going and, and what they're doing, but there's some neat stuff involved. And Anton talks about the fact that like the next space race, like it's not talked about much sort of, I don't think by the general population in the halls of power, you know, at NASA, at the ESA, uh, you know, at different, at, at Roscosmos, it's known the next space race has already started and it's the USA versus China and it's big. And you know what? As much as I'm not for jingoistic fucking nationalistic bullshit, if it's going to, if a space race is going to get us going the way that it did, it got us off of our ass with regard to the moon when there was a space race between us and Russia. I'm for it. it like, yes, let's do it. Let's whatever. If it, if it, it gets Congress and whatever to actually put money into funding, Fuck yes, let's do it. Let's have a space race. And hopefully there'll be enough collaborations. Hopefully the ESA collaborates with us and the Roscosmos, the Russians collaborate with the Chinese and it just pushes stuff enough. If that's what you have to do to get the old men in power to hand over money to do science, fuck it. I give up. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's turn it into a race awesome stuff go check it out also anton petrov put out finding isoprene on another planet means alien life but what is it it's a very cool video that explains isoprene like in specific and what it is and how it works and whatever and the fact of the matter is is almost all living things that we know of put out including us put out isoprene it's in our breath it's in plants it's in everything pretty much everywhere all animal life puts off isoprene but on planets with a lot of oxygen it goes away super fast because uh the oxygen sort of eats up the isoprene and what we end up with is a lot of methane but you don't see isoprene well there could be though other planets elsewhere that are not oxygen based in which case you would see the isoprene just out there easily to to be detected as we go through our next generation of exoplanet hunting, you know, satellites and stuff, uh, the current version, the current satellites don't have the ability to search for iSupreme. They're not technically capable for that. But the next generation of satellites that we're coming out with are putting that on the agenda. It is a thing. And if the ESA or NASA or Roscosmos or I don't even, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know the name of the Chinese, whatever, but if any of the big groups get the tech and get it right and start searching the way the ESA has been doing with exoplanets for a bit, and we find isoprene, that is almost a dead giveaway that it's like, there's some life. It might not be life that we recognize, but there's some life of some kind on that planet. And that is super, super exciting to me as saying like, this is where we're going to see what, where we're going to be aiming our efforts in the next 10 generations to try to reach out and strive for and to see what's going on in the galaxy. And the last thing I have for you, and I'm going to bring up a little asset for you here on the screen, PBS put out uh pbs space time a video on youtube 
What if dark matter is just black holes? And in that video, there's a sneaky little Thargoid appearance at the uh, 8 minute, 14 second mark. It shows up on the screen there. You can see right there is the picture. That's the graphic that they used on PBS television. And you got a little Thargoid there. You've got a couple other cool little sci-fi you know, space game stuff. There's a Reaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just thought, holy shit, PBS put out a thing <laughs> on TV that had a Thargoid out there. That is a segment producer who is a fan of Elite Dangerous. So I wanted to give them a big salute. Huge 07. Much love. That's some cool, cool <clears throat> shit. Let's transition from real life science. There's a thing that I came across earlier in the week and I... I Gave it to Roy and said, "Put together a segment on this. This is this is good stuff." And it's, it's cool, a, yeah, yeah. It's about prominent astronomical names. Take it away, Roy. Yeah. So many of the stars that uh, we all can find in Elite Dangerous's galaxy map, um, they share prefixes in their name, like LHS or LTT, and then there's a number, or Ross, and then there's a number. And what you may not realize is, especially if you're relatively new to the game or astronomy in general, is that these are actual names of real-life stars, and the prefixes refer to the real-life star catalogs where the parameters of the star are recorded. Um, so, I, you know, that's interesting enough, but what was I thought was really cool is a common way of detecting nearby stars that's been used for a very long time is to look for relatively high proper motions of the stars, and this is how several of the catalogs um, get grouped together. So. Uh, for example, proper motion, a, a quick explanation of that as it applies to stars is that uh, over the course of centuries, stars appear to maintain nearly fixed uh, positions with respect to each other so that they form the same constellations that we name in the sky over historical time. You know, Ursa Major or Crux, for example, look nearly the same now as they did hundreds, hundreds of years ago. Um, however, precise long-term observations uh, have shown that the constellations change shape, albeit very slowly, and that each star has an independent motion. So this motion is caused by the movement of the stars uh, relative to our sun and the solar system. Uh, the sun travels in a nearly circular orbit, it's called the solar circle, around the center of the galaxy at a speed of around 220 kilometers per second at a radius of, as many in the game know, around 26,000 light years from Sagittarius A star. And this can be taken as the rate of rotation of the Milky Way itself at this radius. So, a common way of detecting nearby stars is to look for relatively high proper motions. And several uh, catalogs exist that are formed this way. Uh, Ross and Wolf catalogs pioneered this. Um, uh, at Yerkes, you know, uh, uh, Yerkes Observatory, Frank Ross, he was the successor to the late E.E. E. Barnard, as in Barnard Star, Barnard's Loop inheriting Barnard's collection of photographic plates. So they used to take these pictures on basically glass plates with photographic solution. And he decided to repeat the same series of images and compare the results with a device called a blink comparator. So you can quickly move between the two images. And in doing so, he discovered 379 uh, new variable stars and over a thousand stars that had high proper motion. And some of these high proper motion stars turned out to be quite nearby. And many of these stars, such as Ross 154, still widely known by the catalog number he gave them. Uh, another series of catalogs, stars with prefixes in elite like LHS, LTT, LFT, those are from catalogs created by Jacob Leuten 
He was born in Samarang, Java, in the Dutch East, Indi- uh, Dutch East Indies. And at the age of 11, he observed Halley's Comet. This started his fascination with astronomy. Um, the proper motion catalogs he created were grouped and named after the amount of proper motion observed in those stars. So LFT, a star whose prefix begins with LFT, is in the Luyten 5 tenths catalog, LFT. So that's stars with proper motions exceeding 0.5 or 5 tenths of an arc second annually. Similarly, LHS, that's for Luyten half second catalog. LTT is the Luyten two tenths catalog. NLTT, new Luyten two tenths catalog. So, uh, so far, there have been close to 800 different star catalogs used historically and into the present day, uh, with the catalogs from the European Space Agency's Gaia mission being the largest to date, containing almost 1.7 billion stars. But that's a story for another time. Right on. Good stuff. That is, uh, yeah, it, it, there's so many things like this that, honestly, I would never have bothered to learn if it weren't for the fact that I was an elite commander. And I, that's one thing that I love about elite is that it can instill upon you or in you the desire to actually go out and learn some science. That's that's some some real, real shit. And down-to-earth astronomy in the chat. This is also why we have rows of stars in Elite. That is absolutely correct. Talking about the different movements. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. as viewed from Earth, they <coughs> sometimes couldn't get the distance to within less than a, a light year from Earth. And then they end up Guesstimating. appearing in planes. We all are rounding. I don't know. They end yeah. up appearing in planes or, or walls of stars all grouped together. Absolutely. And, and you can see it in the game. Absolutely. Good point. So that takes us to Roy Stories. We now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 7, Shindig. Lagerkvist Gateway, Sintani. Finally, the time had come. The big ascension ceremony held at Zemina Torval's home station in Sintani. These ceremonies were held usually a couple of times a year, and those who had somehow distinguished themselves in service to the Empire were invited along. Therefore, it was a bit of a surprise that we were invited. Sure, I had reached the Imperial rank of Baron through service to the East India Company, and this was, of course, the reason for our invite, but that's only because they paid me. The ranks came with the rations, as it were. I also had to admit that perhaps I hadn't been the best captain in the East India Company, and we'd become noteworthy, not so much for our successes, but for one or two of our bizarre failures, like the incident that ended up with fish raining down on that godforsaken planetary base that one time. But here we were, entering the grand ballroom, dressed immaculately in hand-tailored suits. The whole process had been a bit bizarre. First, getting the hand-tailored suit, not tat, bought online, Cal had admonished me. There was a tailor in the hab ring on Harvestport. It had been like stepping back into the 17th century, only betrayed by a lone data pad that lay unused on the counter. The wizened old tailor had fussed around me, and then a week later I'd gone to pick up the new suit, 
at very great expense. Cal told me I looked almost as sexy as Denton Petraeus. Damnation with faint praise indeed. I decided I would get him back later for that remark. The ceremony itself was pretty much as I imagined. The first half was dominated by self-important windbags making worthy speeches. It was amusing to look around the gathered company. The assembled imperial hierarchy all had expertly managed to wear a face that exuded interest while managing to actually be half asleep at the same time. I glanced over at Cal. Yep, he had the look down. After all, being a native Akinarian, he had probably endured these events dozens of times. The other delegates like me, who didn't have a lifetime of practice listening to boring speeches, well, the yawns and glazed over eyes said it all. But no one seemed to notice. Amongst the assembled bigwigs and upper-end dignitaries was the lady herself, the fearsome Zamina Torval. Her penetrating gaze scythed across the assembly. I made sure to look interested in the speech when it was her turn. The second half was a lot more interesting, and, well, we very nearly caused another incident. First came the food and drink. No expense had been spared and we mingled with the empire's richest, naturally with the best quality food and drink. It wasn't long until Cal and I were starting to get a bit drunk on the rather excellent wine. These events were, so I was told beforehand, a good opportunity to network, rub shoulders with those who'll give us lucrative work. Make the most of it, George Oppenheimer had reminded us back on Harvestport before we left. And so we were. I let Cal do the talking. He was, after all, from a disgustingly wealthy family in Echinar, and knew how to smooth talk these guys. Unexpectedly, it became my turn to make an introduction. I had been just picking yet another sample of the rather excellent sushi on offer when... Commander Mac Winston, I've been looking forward to meeting you. The source of the greeting was a rather imposing man of considerable size, wearing what was obviously an impressively expensive, hand-tailored suit made on the Imperial homeworld. Impressively expensive, but not at all overstated or gaudy, his voice was deep and booming to match his voluminous chest. Admiral Darius Hendrickson. He introduced himself. I wasn't sure what I had done to get the notice of an Imperial Admiral. Pleased to meet you, I said. This is Callum Vaz. I looked around for Cal. He'd been there seconds before. He had disappeared. Kez. I'm sorry, he must have slipped off. Well pleased to meet you anyway. And we shook hands. I knew your great uncle, James Winston, very well. I was very saddened to hear of his untimely death. We met a few times at flight training conferences. I used to be the chief instructor for the Internal Security Service at the same time that your great uncle was running the Flight Academy at Dublin Citadel. Well, that was a bit before my time, I'm afraid. But James Winston was Alliance, wasn't he? Yes, he was. But we are not nearly as antagonistic as the media would have you believe. Hendrickson replied slightly wistfully. There were often conferences where we would meet up and we struck up a good friendship despite our ideological differences. I was invited to your great uncle's home on a few occasions for a private meal. I met your father too, when he was just a lad. I had a sudden flash of curiosity. I never knew my father, apart from very vague images from my very early childhood. You met my father? What was he like? Oh, very quiet, a studious lad, and well, to be honest, a bit moody. 
He wanted to join the Alliance Science Council and become a pilot in the Exploration Wing. This was back in the days when we didn't have the modern friendship drive, and it took serious dedication to get anywhere. It's a tragedy that Norman Mosser got to him, Hendrickson said, shaking his head sadly. I don't know much about my father's history. Well, except where he's mentioned a couple of times in the book, The Greatest Crimes of Norman Mosser by Phyllis Braun. I have his journals, but they're encrypted. And, well, I have the key, but it's protected by a passphrase, and I don't know it. Well, maybe I can help you find what you're looking for. There's a mutual friend of ours who retired to XVA, and your great-uncle James had entrusted a significant amount of family data to his company. It might at least give you some pointers. I'll send him a message. He'll be willing to meet with you if I tell him that I met with you. He has become somewhat reclusive in his later years. You also might want to try Pan Gilmore if she's still alive. She was your great uncle's partner for many years, although I gather she had a somewhat strained relationship with your father. Thank you. That would be greatly appreciated. I noticed another man approaching us. I thought he looked a bit like Callum. Could it be? Good evening, Admiral. I trust you are enjoying the ceremony. He asked as he glided by. Splendid evening. You have once again excelled with the catering. May I introduce the delegate from the East India Company, Commander Mac Winston? Enrique Vasquez. Very pleased to meet you. He said rather formally. That's why he looked like Callum. He must have been his brother. May I also compliment you on the evening? Absolutely top quality, I replied smoothly. And by the way, I think I might know your brother. Enrique scowled just for a few milliseconds, but it was enough to warn me not to mention that Cal was actually here. Well, here somewhere. How very unfortunate. Enrique remarked acidly. Before you think of doing business with him, I suggest you ask him why he was forced to leave the family home. He briefly fixed me with a penetrating stare, then turned on his heel and disappeared back into the party. I looked over at Hendrickson. Oops, I said weakly. Don't worry about Enrique. What his brother did was deeply shameful, but... The Admiral briefly looked up at the ceiling. If I had a family like his, the temptation would be awfully strong to do the same. We spent the next few minutes talking of trivialities, such as my own brief potted history as a foster child on Azaban, and my eventual escape from that awful planet, until the inevitable call of nature crept up on me. I excused myself and scanned the room for Cal as I went towards the washroom. I had to warn him that his brother had laid on the arrangements. The last thing I wanted was there to be some kind of altercation. Deputy Oppenheimer had warned us in no uncertain terms that there would be consequences if we caused any incidents that brought the EIC into disrepute. A fistfight between the organizer and his brother would, I reflected, be such an incident. I entered the rather plush lavatory by myself. I was therefore rather surprised to hear a hoarse whisper from one of the cubicles. Mac! Came the urgent whisper. I turned around. Cal was peeping around the corner of a cubicle door. It seemed a bit comical as he beckoned me, half panicked. What? I asked in a normal voice. I saw your brother here. Suddenly, Cal grabbed me by the wrist and dragged me into the cubicle and shut the door. Hey! Shh. I heard the washroom door open. I could hear two pairs of feet, and then the sound of a tap running. A sigh, and someone washing their hands. Murdoch, I think my brother might be here with that pilot from the East India Company. Came the voice. It was Enrique. Yes, sir. We are going to look for him. 
And if we find him, we will have them both ejected. Very publicly, of course. Yes, sir. And then I am going to write a protest, in the strongest of terms, to the East India Company, employing such a vile weasel of a man. Spat Enrique with surprising anger. We stood, perched slightly ridiculously on the lid of the toilet, listening to this going on outside. With relief, we heard the two pairs of feet again as Enrique and Murdoch left the washroom. I looked at Cal. You know, you're going to tell me your life story on the way home. No more putting it off. I hissed at him. You've got to get me out of here. Cal pleaded. Well, I can hardly just disappear with you now, can I? Enrique's going to be watching me like a hawk. You'll just have to lock yourself in here till it's all over. Don't you think he'll look in here? I'm surprised he didn't already. Cal hissed, panic in his voice. Okay, I just met up with Admiral Hendrickson. He hinted that he's not really a fan of your family, and, well, it turns out he used to hobnob with my great-uncle. I'll see what I can do. Great. I'd have to already use up a favor with this guy I barely knew and a high up in the Empire, the sort of person I desperately needed to impress if I wanted to keep bringing in the trade. It seemed to take an agonizing amount of time before I could get to Admiral Hendrickson alone. I kept catching glimpses of Enrique, whose beady eyes always seemed fixed in my direction. He had me at a disadvantage. I didn't know who Murdoch was, but he'd obviously be looking out for me, too. Admiral, I started out. I have a bit of a problem. Hendrickson fixed me with a knowing smile. He's here, isn't he? Yeah, I said, looking around shiftily, hiding in the washroom. We just had a rather awkward chat standing on the toilet seat while Enrique was outside discussing with some guy called Murdoch about having us publicly thrown out. Murdoch is his personal slave, I think. Yeah, anyway, it won't go down very well back in Harvestport. I could really do with some help. Hendrickson waved at someone, sliding out of the background, almost like a magical summoning appeared the most glamorous woman I had ever seen. Melinda, please keep Murdoch occupied for a few minutes. With pleasure. She said smoothly and melted back into the crowd. My personal assistant. Hendrickson explained. I trust her with my life. He said with a wink. And now I will go keep Enrique occupied. It won't be hard. There's an exit not 10 meters from the washroom. I suggest you let Callum slip out through there. Hendrickson moved off towards Enrique. I made a point of not suddenly disappearing off to the washroom, instead availing myself to another glass of wine and making the motions as if I were about to talk to someone. Taking a few glances around the room, I noted that Hendrickson had engaged Enrique in conversation and had got him looking the other way. A couple of minutes later, I pushed Callum out the exit, unseen. I remained at the ceremony until the bitter end, so as not to draw any suspicion hoping that Enrique Vasquez had finally become convinced that his brother wasn't actually there after all. Finally, relief. Perhaps we had dodged this particular bullet. Cal would have a lot of explaining to do when I got back to the ship. A lot of explaining. Cal, you got some explaining to do. All right, let's see what happens next with Mac and his boyfriend. Woo! <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> next up, we've got a video 
from CyberBlitz, and I'm going to share it with you. I spacewalked in a station. That's right, boys and girls. Thanks to the lovely bugs that come to us with uh, Odyssey Alpha, we've got EVAs in Elite Dangerous, and uh, I'm I'm a huge, huge fan. Tell me what you think of this. That's right. Ground control to that guy floating in the middle of a station. Watch like out. Here comes a dolphin duck. <clears throat> yeah, man. Good stuff. Yeah. This was literally guy. He's like, I went to pay off a fine. The, 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 the lawyers, the interstellar factors. I clicked on the thing to pay the fine. And next thing I know, literally the screen went black and then it flashed. And I was sitting in the very middle of, the, <laughs> I was just floating. And he's like, it's weird. Cause unlike everybody else's stories of they couldn't do anything. He's like, I was able to pull out my gun and shoot and do all kinds of oh. stuff. So like, if you see on there, he's racking up fines. He's just shooting at ships going by and getting fired. <laughs> He was like, I don't know, whatever. We're gonna have some fun with this shit. And I I, I salute that. That was that, that was some uh that was some cool and weird and uh and 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 super super funny shit. You guys got any look at that. He's scanning, he's like, I got my scanner. I'm waiting for somebody with a bounty coming by. I'm gonna cut somebody with this arc torch. Let's do it. Anybody got anything? Well, just that that looks like a whole <laughs> lot more interesting than the people that fell through the elevators. Like he's getting to do stuff there and it uh Mm-hmm. certainly holds out hope that uh, there's nothing, I don't know, something else is preventing them from letting us do EVAs at the moment, I guess. For sure. The one thing that he couldn't do is it wouldn't let him use his little jump pack jump or whatever. Pack. He couldn't yeah. aim, but he could He mm-hmm. could, He could. could turn around. He just couldn't sort of control his movement. Uh, Wolf. We should have gotten a bounty to see if the station lasers would have nuked him. He, he mm. did. He was firing at stuff and doing all kinds of stuff. He was getting fees, fines, but he couldn't kill anything, so he couldn't actually get a bounty. Like, he could just get fines. They probably couldn't target him. Yeah. All right. So that takes us to the next bit. Both of these are in the show notes. Go and check them out. You should go and 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 uh, subscribe to Cyber Blitz and subscribe to Scott Gust. He made a phenomenal video called Odyssey Alpha Phase 2, The Most Insanely Beautiful World I Have Experienced. It's a 14 and a half minute long video. Right off the bat, I'm going to run through super, super fast. Yes, you guys enjoying that on the screen for sure go subscribe. This guy is worth it. Uh, I'm going to run through the list of stuff that is like, hey, this is still ongoing stuff that they haven't addressed yet. I want an answer to it. Number one, where's our UI stream dev team stream from last week? Number two, Elite, well, from two weeks ago, Elite needs uh, an unstuck button like every MMO for the last decade has yeah. had. You, for stuff like they're stuck floating in the stream and literally their option is, I could turn on the battery and that'll run, turn on my flashlight, that'll run down my battery quicker and then I'll hopefully die. Yes, Elite needs an unstuck button. Always has, always will. Scavenging still seems gutted. They haven't responded. I, I've asked them and said, hey, it seems gutted. Do you guys, are you, are you, just tell me that you're planning to put more because it seems gutted now. Haven't got any answer yet. The copy pasta stations. We showed you the video earlier. It's fucking Instagram filters. It's there's no difference. It needs to be addressed. UI is still in flux. There's a lot of stuff we called out. I called out last week, dude. I am super excited by some of the UI stuff that I'm seeing. And then I've seen a mountain of salt from people over the week of like the UI sucks. And you know what? Both are true. There's actually a lot in there to love, but there's a lot that is jank. And 
it would have been way better if they had actually finished the UI as a product and then test given it to us to test. What they did was they gave it to us half done. So with all of our complaints on the UI, it's sort of unclear. Are we complaining about stuff that's bad or just not finished yet? You know, for example, in the ship outfitting thing, there's a button, you click on it as soon as you get to your ship and it says loadout. When I saw loadout on the ships, I had a massive erection. I was like, yes, please let us save loadouts for our modules on our ships that would be amazing. I've wanted that for forever. Yeah, no, the button doesn't do anything. It doesn't go anywhere. I hope that that's going to be a thing that they managed to put it there. I hope that they're going to use it. Maybe it's just not done yet? Question mark? So yeah, like it's it's very obvious that they're scrambling like hell to finish bits of this hours before they give it to us to play with. And it's like some of it, like the UI, they didn't bother to finish it. They just said, well, fuck it, go test it. It's not done yet, guys. How about you finish baking your loaf of bread before you give it to me to taste? test the mini like come on a three second cutscene climbing up the ladder when you board the ship three seconds that's all i need you had it for the srv you had it for the slfs put it in front foot failing mission on death even post success that's still sort of unaddressed let's 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 get into that no real stealth mechanics despite the fact that they said stealth mechanics would be key we talked about it last week in detail let's get into that hacking it's completely missing they have e-breachers now but nothing about hacking and it's starting to make me wonder like did they just decide hey we're gonna skip hacking and what we'll say is hacking is you aim the scanner gun at somebody and you spoof their id like that's that's hacking ta-da finished instead of hacking as a mini game the tutorial it's not there has been mentioned beefed up instancing player group enabling that was a huge thing that was discussed sort of early early on and hasn't been discussed at all for months uh, please for the love of god tell me with all this stuff you put in here for people to do together that you beefed up instancing or group play enabling with the amazon web server architecture or something cqc fps art said a long long time ago on stream yes we have cqc fps haven't heard it mentioned everywhere any ever anywhere at all since the grindception the double grinding minimum for all suits and guns level one through five to modify it and then level one through five to engineer it i put up a poll on the youtube channel on the community for this for this discord not for this discord for this youtube channel and <clears throat> i put it up earlier today and when the last time i looked it was like 90 percent people are saying this is not okay i'm not happy with this this needs to change i put up three options i put up yeah i like it it's given us something to do i put up like eh, i'm not thrilled about it but like it's not going to be that bad and i put up like no fuck no this needs to get fixed and like 90 percent of the people are saying this needs to get fixed let's see stepping away from the strong scientific and lore consistent basis of the game as in zero g outpost i've mentioned it on every stream they do not engage they do not respond zero g movement looking you know 0.01 g movement looking the exact same as 1g they don't respond they don't whatever no sign of atmospheric entry entry I cannot tell you how easy that would be to code of from the like literally you put up a little flash right as you re-enter as you cross the atmospheric barrier you put up a flash of fire across your screen and you shake the ship a little Ta-da! like yes i granted i'm a stupid fucking marine i'm not a coder but they can put a little fire graphic on the screen for three to five seconds while they rattle the ship they could do that in 1981 on the fucking Buck Rogers show. They can do that in this game in 2021. Let's see. Uh, and Space Cowboys. People running around on fucking planets 
with no air because with no helmets they're wearing ha cowboy hats because yeah. uh, what and, and then the last one i'm throwing it in just for i know this wasn't owed to us in in odyssey but we all wanted it and i think we still want it Crossplay. come on guys come on let's get it together Crossplay. Now, having said that, that's my real quick down and dirty, and I'm going to keep mentioning this until Odyssey's done, like Alpha's done and they launch, or until somebody gives us answers to this. Is there anything I missed that you guys are like, yeah, this is on my list and you didn't mention it? Just feel free to step in. Who who wants to go? I mean, the one that I think is working as intended, and it's sort of a carryover from last week. I mean, on last week's show, we'd only had a short amount of time to play with some of the new features in, this, in the new phase. Uh I'm I'm still not sold on the whole switching weapons thing uh, to go through shield and then body. I've, I've played a lot of frontline developments in the last week, um, and that that piece of the mechanism. I mean, I get it. They've explained why it is. I'm just not sure that it's fun. Um, and I think a big change is going to be when we obviously get to play with plasma weapons. But then, does that just mean that everyone's going to play with plasma weapons and it effectively shrinks the pool of weapons that are anywhere useful? That's that's one thing that kind of I, I was having a lot of fun with frontline developments and that kind of started dragging me down. Like this is just yeah. You know, every time every time you say frontline developments, I'm picturing David Braben with a headband going, you know, yippee kaye, motherfucker. Yeah, frontline solutions. But yes, sorry, you're putting yes, you're sorry. putting frontline solutions I, and frontier I, I, developments I, together. I keep I, before that I kept <laughs> saying frontier frontier solutions, so I <laughs> mashed it up a different way this time. But yes, beautiful. Um, right on. That's that's one. I, I we'll get to some other other stuff about exploration. But that, as far as the combat one, that's the one that was kind of getting me down. Phase three exploration suit. Phase three brought us the exploration suit, the bio sampler, gameplay, beast of genomics, first footfall, and it was already hot fixed. One day in, one day in to the plant gun, and people were like, "It's too hard. We need to nerf this. It's Twitch gameplay." And you know what? I get it. <clears throat> I get it. I'll say this with regard to the, the plant gun gameplay loop. First off, here's here's you, uh, here's the trick. Here's the hint. Uh, I'll give you the hint on how to do it. Ignore all the little dots. Look for the largest bar on each on each go around and just line up the largest bar and know that unlike with the subsurface deposit mining where you have to cheat it like a half a second early for it to slide into the right spot, with the bar you have to cheat it a half a second late. I don't know why, but that's the way it is and you have to do it that way i tried it the first time and i was like okay hmm. and then i looked at it and it's like let's break this down nor everything but the largest bar quarter to a half a second late just just slide it on the late side and i was getting it like 90 percent of the time it's not that hard i will say this the hot fix that they put in today at noon already made it way 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 easier to do i will say while it wasn't that hard for me like i, I broke it down and figured out how to how to overcome it how to do it i will say that it's kind of dumb to have a twitched based like everything in elite dangerous <clears throat> is well most everything in elite dangerous is like aimed at more of your sort of hotas forum dads you know it's more the intellectual it's more the thought and the planning and how you execute as opposed to just twitch twitch tw it's not like a you know like a twitch based game that's not what elite is or wasn't until odyssey dropped or came to alpha um i completely understand and respect all the people that say I do not like this. I came for a different kind of game. What are you doing? Uh, and I get that. I was, it didn't seem that hard for me, but that's just, I've, like I said, I broke down how to do it. And then once I figured it out, it was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Having said that, there was no intellect 
There was no planning. There was no thought. It was just, can you line up a Twitch bar? Oof, that's a little whatever. And then when you finally successfully scan the plant, when I was excited last week when we saw this the snippet ahead of time where it's like, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then and then the game crashed, and I was like, okay. Afterwards, when like when you successfully collect a sample, it's gonna you know show you data on the plant. It's gonna show. You. I was like excited for what comes next. Nothing comes next. You successfully scan the thing, and it gives you no scientific data on the plant. It gives you no nothing. Hello Games that's fucking what 14 people 20 people they in no man's sky when you scan the plants it gives you like a little scientific screen that pops up that says this plant has these useful materials now yeah it's not science science it's just sort of you can get this you can use it for crafting that but like hello games did a better job than frontier on having some even if it's just pseudoscience some you scan the plant and there's, there's something to it, some depth. Frontier went with, hey, we're a shooter now, so we're going to make a Twitch-based plant shooter game. And that to me was just like, oh, that's, that's, that's a super, super bummer. Um, and also with regard to sort of that, that, that whole mini game, in Art's video on everything you need to know about the genomics or, or uh, whatever, bio sampling, he was like, we have four times as many plants now as we had before. You guys all saw that video we just played a little bit ago of, of, of uh, uh, David Braben, you know, talking about what you can do with procedural generations and how you can make, you know, thousands and millions and whatever of a thing. And he showed specifically... He was like, here is Joshua Tree and the, 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 the biome there. And then here is this, you know, place in England that has like these redwoods and whatever, these, these types of plants. And look at how whatever, so diverse, so amazing. And Frontier, like I, I dig that it's more and I dig that it's colorful. And I think the plants look very cool the way they're sort of out there or whatever. But like you come to a big pod of a, a big area and it's like, there are these four plants. <sighs> Roy, and then tweaked, go ahead. Yeah, a couple quick points. Um, one, just to thread on the thing about, you know, four more or four times more or whatever. I think they missed a trick when they, um, I like that they've got pods of things where there's multiple things in them. Uh, if they really wanted to exercise the procedural generation, maybe they could have the wonder of finding, you know, if you find this, um, I don't even know the names of these new things, but you find this thing, and if it's on its own, it's this. If it happens to be with something else, now it's now there's a chance for a hybrid, which could be a rare version of it, you know, because it's appearing with these other three things. But uh, the other thing I wanted to say was more about the minigame. Um, I, when I first saw the mini game, I thought, oh, that looks kind of cool, fun, whatever. After trying it like 20 times, I'm I'm fine with it. I can get it done. But what occurred to me is I think the reason it feels sort of like a waste of time is because it doesn't affect the outcome. It doesn't give you a chance to get something better for doing it well. Like if you compare it to the the subsurface subsurface mining, like you brought up, if you pick the right blue chunks in subsurface mining, you get more stuff. It like rewards your skill and your time because sometimes you got to wait for the single column blue thing to come along instead of just picking the first one that's four blocks wide in the in the subsurface mining. There's a reward for time spent. There's a reward for skill uh, done. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as it being a Twitch thing, so I got two examples. One is in um, 
in Warframe when you're mining on foot. Let's not get down that rabbit hole, but when you're mining on foot, the mini game they have has you kind of trace a, a weird shape. And the better you do it, the better the yield. And sometimes you can get rare stuff by doing it perfect. Mm. Like something like that, where skill, even if it is a physical Twitch skill you build up, it, it has some outcome other than just wasting time until you get the same darn thing as if you had done it perfect the first time. Um, and the second example I'd have is there's lots of games that have lock picking challenges. And that to me is a more sort of cerebral, you don't have to go fast. You just have to be accurate. And that might have been a better path to take than something that's like super, like moving quickly and having to hit a certain thing in time. It would fit more with the exploration loop if it was a, more of a cerebral puzzle kind of thing versus just a quick twitch, twitchy thing. Yeah, right on. Tweet? I, I can totally agree with everything Roy just said that, Roy. That was perfect. I would just like to add a simple statement, though. I've heard everybody complaining about this today and... Prior to this, I heard a lot of complaining about no mini game with the scavenging, no mini game with uh, breaking into the settlements or anything like that. No mini game with this, and mm. now here's a mini game, and oh no, it's too hard. It's too hard. It's not too hard, oh, really. There's, it's there's not. no whining in Elite, guys. Come on, we can figure this stuff out. A, it's not too hard, and B, it's definitely not too hard now because they nerfed it one day in. It's it is easy now. It's to me. It's not that it's too hard. It never was too hard. To me, it was too brainless. Yeah, that to made me, me a sad. it looked. It looked a lot to me like I can't remember exactly what. It was. Maybe it was the mini game in Mass Effect to unlock the meta gel or something like that. If I remember correctly, back in the day, at first it was a little bit challenging. Then it got really easy, and then by the end of the game, it was just kind of a nuisance <laughs> to have to go through it every time. I can mm -hmm. see that happening with this. All in all, with the exobiology that I've watched last night and today, it looks interesting. It looks like some cool things to possibly see. It doesn't look like a game loop that's going to keep me engaged long term, though. I would have a thought. What if you? Because we had all those schematics and stuff. What if you had to collect a bunch of vehicle schematics to unlock SRV variants? As much as I don't like grind, I mean, if you give me new SRVs, fuck it, I'll do it. Like, what do you guys, you know, what do you think? I'm all in favor of more options and more choice. Um, yep. Even if, you know, it's like the discussion we had previously about ships. Even if it's a uh, side grade, it, it's all good. Um, and, and it rewards the grind with better stuff not just a grind to burn time so i tested some of the maps out with regard to the functionality in the alpha and i gotta say it's a mixed bag some of it is very very cool there's some neat stuff there some of it is super super janky and feels like it's not done and i have to conserve confirm sadly that there are no extra folders that are player controlled in there i got excited because i saw folders and there are folders but it's frontier breaking out saying these locations are planets, these locations are settlements, these locations are star systems, like that. And it's like, seriously guys, for the love of Christ, I've interviewed every community manager that they've had for like the last fucking two years, and every last one of them I've brought up and said, hey, when are we gonna get player controlled map, you know, bookmark folders and all that stuff. And every last one of them said, you know, that's a really good point. I'm gonna take it back to the company and we're gonna look into that. And every last one of them have done fuck all with it. I'm. I'm tired of asking nicely. Give us fucking map mini mar uh, 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 bookmark folders that we can control. Enough already. Just do it. <sighs> okay. Um, I tested the CZ. The drop sequence was super cool. The FPS play was FPS play. Meh. 
Okay. Upgrading the guns seems to help a little bit to mitigate sort of needing to swap back between one type to another type. If you upgrade your gun to like level two or three, you can kill a guy with a main weapon with a full clip. Like that doesn't really address it. But like if you buff your, your, your DPS enough through just upgrading your stuff, it kind of halfway does. It's still a little lame to me. <sighs> All right, it's something at least. And I need to clarify something that we said before. There is no stun in the game. We thought that there was because you could use your energy link to shoot someone, but Frontier changed it from what it was, which was your energy link would knock a guy out. And because of the Peggy rating, they were like, well, no, we're just going to make it to where you kill a guy, but without a gunshot sound. So it's more of a silent deadly. It's like basically the equivalent of stabbing a guy in the back of the neck with a you know with a knife you're 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 just electrocuting him to death we gave you a suggestion a month ago saying if you put out a free dlc on every platform on steam on epic on everywhere put out a free dlc but you age gate that dlc to say you have to be 18 years or older to buy it and you buy it and then it says yes now let me have the full full you know play the full everything and people that don't click on that they would get segregated out to a fucking kiddie pool but let's be honest we're all 18 or above and even the 15 year olds are going to click on that because nobody sets up their parental bullshit yeah then we would be able to have stunning in the game. We would be able to have cool things that you could do where you didn't have to just murder everybody. I think that would be better. I think that would be more meaningful. Roy. Uh yeah, just a quick comment about the CZs. I uh I tried using an SLF in one of the CCs. And uh, can't target interestingly, <laughs> well, well, interestingly, you can choose a side. Uh -huh. it, it sort of highlights this whole thing of if you're going to go in in a combined arms way, how are you supposed to communicate uh, tactics between the person on foot, the person in the SRV, a person in an SLF, and certainly a person in a ship? Um, like we were reduced to trying to say to the person because they couldn't see any designators not just even to be able to target people but the people you could see there was no green dot or red dot you didn't know who was in and they all looked the same mm -hmm. so there was no way to tell who was who for to tell who to shoot at even though you couldn't target them um and so we were reduced to like well uh there's some guys on that bridge and that was literally saying there's some guys on that so we couldn't even point to which bridge it was mm -hmm. um it was super clunky trying to coordinate any kind of close air support. I mean, there's all kinds of obvious solutions from other games of being able to laser designate something or throw some smoke or even target people. And then there's now, now they're going to be designated or somehow, but we have none of those mechanisms in place. So I'm, I'm just curious what their vision was of uh, people sort of playing together in different modes. Is it just everybody goes in and shoots everything or like, is it, are we not going to have anything more sophisticated than that? Like what, what are we not seeing here? While I've been doing a little bit of the alpha, I've also been having some fun with a little side project in the base game, and that is this. <clears throat> I was watching uh, both seasons of The Mandalorian, and I was, you know, I had that going on the second screen, and I engineered up a cool little courier ship that I'm going to use as my taxi when Odyssey drops for realsies. I called it the Razor Crest because I've been, you know, knee deep into The Mandalorian. Uh, I got it set up for, you know, doing fun stuff out there. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put a good face on it and trying to figure out how I'm going to have my fun. Yeah, I I'm seeing a comment in the chat saying the sphere of combat was a bold lie. 
Sort of, I feel like. Maybe. I mean, from what I've seen thus far, I can't argue with you. It is still alpha. And also, not it's not just alpha. Guys, let's be honest. This isn't a regular alpha. This is an alpha where they are working programming Monday night, the shit that they're going to release to us on Tuesday. This is not even... I feel like if they take this back from us, you know, if this ends around April 30th, I mean, not that it's going to because they said it's not, but like, yeah, it is. If it ends around April 30th and they take this back for like 60 days and they spit out a product that has like actual serious a lot like two more months of hardcore work into it there's a really good chance we could end up with a decent product it's just what we're seeing it's like they gave us car to test a quality test and like they haven't put all the pieces on it yet so it seems like dog shit now it might be that it's gonna be good but we can only judge what we see and what we see isn't great yeah, on on top of that, I just watching the video that was just playing and you had the cobra flying around the ice world with the blue skies and the sunshine. I've yet to see anything that looks even remotely close to that in any of the streams. Everything's fairly dark with a little bit of a sunshine haze over the horizon. Yeah. And, yep. and I'm waiting to see that awe-inspiring shot like we're on Hoth and it's daytime or something and I just I, I'm wondering if that's missing from the alpha or is, was that a lie too or I really hope like you say uh, if they got a few months to go build this up again before the release I'm hoping that we get a great product product because what I see is a good base but it needs a lot of trimming it needs a lot of extra trimmings in it in order to make it what we want it to be and for the love of Christ, get away from the fucking sh looter shooter FPS dude bro side and go back towards your... Uh, nah, you have some of that. That's fine. But go back to your base of science. Go back to your base of fucking nerds that want science, that want something believable, that want that... that uh, I want NASA. I don't want... Me personally, I want NASA. Like, yes, okay, you got some Star Wars in there. That's fine, whatever. But all right, uh, Roy, we are running super late on time. So take five minutes and run through. We're going to not even interrupt you. Run through your observations and then... Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I mean, as I've said before, exploration is a big loop for me. So I uh, was really diving into some of this. Here's some of my quick observations in uh, and searching for biologicals. I've spent literally months in the black doing that. Um Super Cruise surface scanner, when you're orbiting in this heat map thing that you can see now and showing you the biologicals, I mean, the first thing I thought of is that's not colorblind friendly. Um, anything that's using, is, is is this maybe the first thing they've had in game where people have to distinguish based on color something about what they're going to do next? Maybe. Um, that's a bit of a problem. Um, the other thing I noticed was now we don't have to land on a planet to figure out which biologicals are on the planet. That's a huge shift from... How we how we did uh, bio POIs before you had to land, and there was the whole thing with even with the Canon EDMC plugin. You know, go to this body and please check out these five bios. Like, that's a huge difference. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Biologicals are now separated from points of interest. Again, that's a huge shift. Um, totally changes the paradigm about how we search for biologicals. Uh, one thing I noticed was if you do find something on a heat map you want to go look at, it's difficult to track it down to the surface. I felt like it, I don't want to think that they were being disingenuous on the stream, but as they were going, they, you know, Art found something he wanted to fly towards. As they were going down to the surface, he kind of like made a motion like, oh, I'm going to switch out of analysis mode 
the the truth is that thing turns off whether you want it to or not and now you're sort of flying blind down to the surface with no indication of where was that hot spot i was flying towards and it gets very disorienting as you get down to the surface and when you get on the surface there's nowhere to reference that you don't have like a gauge on your plant tool that's giving you like a percent strength or like you're kind of lost you i i had to go back into orbit a few times and then come back down again to try to figure out well where was that thing i thought i was flying towards so there's a bit of a gap there um first footfall it's called visited by in the system map not first footfall kind of weird but also it doesn't show up in the fss or the orbital surface scanner where you normally see discovered by and mapped by you don't you don't see visited by for some reason it's only in the system map so i'm not sure if that's working as intended um i noticed when you're walking through the pods of all the biologicals in a group um some of them look like they ought to be like waving in whatever tenuous atmosphere is there but as far as i could tell many of them are um, modeled as if they're as solid as a rock so that's a thing like i'd love to be able to sort of browse through them as if it was a little bit of a forest and not have to keep jumping over it um, because i'm getting stuck on all the geometry um kind of a big deal too I, the bio sites i saw they don't drop any materials you know that's obviously something that people went to biological sites for uh certain ones in particular uh in the in the live game right now so i'm not sure what's going to happen there um uh, there was a comment, actually, it was came from one of uh, uh, the, the Burr Pit when they did their analysis of, and they pointed out that it's this whole thing of you're burning a sample if you switch plants, and if you find a pod of stuff that has three things in it, you've literally got to trace out a triangle three times to get three different things, because you can't just do more than one. And I, an idea I had there is um, maybe there could be an upgrade for the plant gun that makes it more like a refinery that has more bins as you upgrade it so you can hold more than one partial sample. God, Just please. saying, that's, that, that, that's an unfun loop if they don't um, allow some upgrade path there. Um, there was one biological I found. It was like a bacteria of some, some kind. So it was like flat on the ground versus all these other ones that are like trees and bushes and things. I accidentally found it. I was driving along, the SRV's composition scanner happened to be active and it kind of blipped. And and what I noticed was, um, if again, if you're trying to do some kind of combined thing with SRV and walking, the SRV scanner no longer registers these new biologicals. Before it would show you stuff on the scanner um, that would kind of lead you to things. Now it's just blank. So I'm not sure again if that's, I don't know if that's an accident or that's, working as intended uh, but it certainly makes it difficult to use an srv to complement what you're doing the only kind of solution i could find was driving around with the turret up and the comp scanner armed and kind of painting over the horizon to the front of the ship or the front of the srv sort of up and down and like as if i was painting the whole landscape with the comp scanner doing a manual scan across all the pixels to see when it would light up yeah super goofy super jank um Scanning on foot is pretty short range. As far as I can tell, it's about 45 to 50 meters. So that's not an issue for the stuff that you can see from a distance that looks like little trees. But however many of these things that are flat on the ground, super difficult. Um, not not a problem if, and my next point is, the, the, pay, the payment for these things, if that's going to vary by rarity or difficulty of finding them, that would be good. If there's no correlation between those things, then... That would kind of suck. Um, and then there's just a grab bag of stuff that I think I'm going to have to wait till phase four 
uh, to answer because there's no way to test it with the limited bubble they've got us in. Like, are the are the things that we previously used as crystal shard sites, are those things like planetary wide now? Because they're not tied to a POI. Um, there was a thing where biologicals of a certain type in the galaxy map would only spawn in certain galaxy regions. And it was pretty freaking obvious because you'd see on any map that showed where they'd been discovered, there was a hard stop at the boundaries of certain sectors, which was, yeah, yeah that's not, that's immersion breaking and not cool. I don't know if that's been changed now and how the new forge works. So I'm curious about that. Curious to see if the old uh, brain tree versus guardian site relationship still holds. Used to be you could, if you found a brain tree, you knew there was a site within a certain distance. And also just generally, um, and I brought this up before, the, the old bio sites that have all been mapped across the galaxy to this point, are they now just sort of redistributed within those same planets according to a heat map? So it's just an, sort of a planet by planet reshuffle geographically? Or has there been a complete galaxy-wide re-roll of everything? If, um, if the Crystal Forest sites are gone, someone is going to set fire to fucking Cambridge. <laughs> Well, that's there's sort of an underlying issue there of I don't know that we ever knew that they weren't hand placed. So that's another unknown as to whether or not that can oh, be yeah, that sure. can be the test article or not. But yeah, still a lot of questions waiting to phase four before I sort of pass judgment on exploration. Tweaked your observations. Go. Well, observations, like I said, that the 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 exploration part, I'm not an explorer in the game as is. I've gone out in the black, I've done some exploring, but it's not my main interest in the game by far this again like i said it looks somewhat interesting uh, the the mi mini game doesn't intimidate me at all I'll, I'll get the hang of that once i finally get to get hands on with it it's another thing it's another thing to do if you add it in with all the other things that we can do and it gives us options that's all i can really say about it right now i i would say though roy to your point about testing the shards i have a spot that's in the bubble that you can get to that we could actually test that if you wanted to. Oh yeah, tell me which one it is. Let's go test it. Absolutely, we'll do that. Wolf, your observations, then we're gonna move on and wrap this up. There's there's things that I like what I see, there's things that I don't like what I see. Um, granted, I haven't been able to spend pretty much any time in Alpha, but we'll we'll see what comes up. Right on. And, and tell your wife hi, and why did somebody pull the wings <laughs> off a butterfly? That seems weird. <laughs> All right. You Com caught as much of that conversation as I did. <laughs> Community questions. We got two for you tonight. First one, your thoughts on the entire alpha so far as we're now in phase three. And your thoughts on the Hesperus event. Uh, write in and tell us what you know what you thought of both of those the good the bad and the ugly i will say and i, I know it sounded because we're, we're tight on time it sounded like there was just a laundry laundry list of complaints i think alpha is ex i think odyssey is exciting in that it provides a new canvas a new extension a new medium of which we can in which we can transpose our our experiences in elite i am all for that i am super excited by that i just don't want them to ditch the thoughtfulness and the you know don't ditch what 
what brought you to the party and now chase after brainless FPS bullshit. Like, okay, if you want to have FPS to offer, okay, fine, that's fine. But the scavenging play, no thought behind it. It's very meh. And it's the, the exciting part of it is you get to shoot at people before you go scavenge. But then the actual scavenging is meh. The plant gameplay is Twitch-based and meh. And I don't mind that it's Twitch-based. I know, I don't think that's a smart move for them to make with their audience, but it didn't bother me. I'm not here for one second complaining that it's too hard. I'm complaining that it's too shallow. I'm complaining that there was no thought, no science, no anything behind it. Um, you know, I, I, I love Elite. And even if Odyssey is absolute, I'm still going to happily play Elite and fly around and do all the fun stuff that I can in my ship. But I hope that it's not. I think there's a lot of room here for Odyssey to be awesome. Even if it's just so-so to start, so long as they make the right moves going forward and use this as a base to get back to the gameplay, the thoughtful, intelligent, more cerebral, more 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 strategic, more tactical and 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 thoughtful gameplay. This can be awesome, even if it's just meh at launch. There's a lot of things that's just that was just meh at Elite launch, where you know the mining laser whatever and then later they added cores and it got more interesting or they you know they didn't have landing on any planets and then they added stuff with horizons there's a lot that can come sort of to this to add and to make things better so for people hearing us give the list of what we don't like it's because right now they're saying this is alpha give us what you don't like and give us you know whatever and we listed we have listed plenty that we did like so I just, I just, I just want them to step it up some. And I, I honestly feel almost bad making my complaints. I feel like I am, I, I feel like literally they didn't give them enough time to make the pizza and they rushed it out half cooked. And now they're like, taste test the pizza. And I'm sorry. All I can say is this pizza tastes like dog shit, but it's not really the fault of the person who made the pizza as far as put together the ingredients. It's the fault of the person who didn't finish cooking it before they put it out there to taste test it. I feel like you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. They hit a wall, they got delayed, and then now it's like rush, 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 just put something out before end of year because we need that revenue. Okay. I I, I think that's a I think that's a that's a choice. And I just hope that you make it better in the end. I hope that you make it right eventually. And uh <clears throat> yeah. Uh I'm not gonna give let's let's we're, let's not do state of the games this week because it's honestly it's it, in flux. It's in flux. We don't know what the state is because it's not done yeah. cooking yet. So we're going to skip that and um, and we're going to go ahead and sign off. Say goodnight to the beautiful people, Roy. Walk casual and stay dangerous. Stay goodnight to the beautiful people, Wolf. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and uh, hope you have a great weekend. Absolutely. Tweaked? Good night, everybody. Thanks for spending a few hours with us. And remember, I think what we're seeing here is like it, it's the Christmas tree that just got put up and, and all the family comes over and says, oh, look at that. But it's not decorated yet. So I'm hoping once Odyssey gets all its decorations on, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. My fear is they've gotten lackadaisical. So let's let's stay positive. Let's have some see what they do next. Nanu nanu, everybody. Have a good weekend. Yes, yes, nanu nanu. And I'm gonna say good night. I love you all. I'm gonna throw out a line from my man Dig That. Fly dirty, commanders. And this is a song that goes out to all the space cowboys out there ignoring the fucking lack of oxygen. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gang.
gangster of love Some people call me Maurice Cause I speak of the pompatists of love People talk about me baby Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you wrong Well don't you worry baby, don't worry Cause I'm right here, right here, right here, right here at home Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover and I'm a sinner I play my music in the sun I'm a joker I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker I get my lovin' on the run